I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. Two game. Big puppy. The grand slam. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Okay, so Mike Tyson at 50 features in Sports Illustrated this week. John Weirtime is the man who sat down with Mike Tyson at 50. John, you're very welcome to the show. I did a quick straw poll just before uh, we came on air here amongst the team because I'm not really sure how I feel about Mike Tyson, really. I'm not sure if, I, if I've ever really warmed to him. And I said, who here likes Mike Tyson? And I got a pretty flat zero all round. I'm wondering, what were people's reactions to you when you told them, I'm off to interview Mike Tyson? I like Mike Tyson. Um, no, I, I think there there were sort of the uh, there were there were the jokes about you know c- cover your ears and um, what, what is he up to these days. And I think that uh, Mike Tyson, at least for a period in the U.S., was you know second to none. I mean, this was Michael Jordan level popularity, and then obviously had a real fall. And then I think quietly but steadily has remade himself. And I think there still is this fascination about him. I mean, boxing does not occupy the space in American culture that it did. You could argue that he was really the first celebrity fighter. Um, I mean, his appeal and popularity at the height of his powers was multiples of what, say, Floyd Mayweather's was. And I think that there's a sense of... um, a lingering curiosity about this guy. I mean, uh, he, he's had different phases, and people know him now, as he talked about from his you know, cameos and movies like The Hangover as much as anything. Mm. But I, I think there's still a lot of curiosity about Mike Tyson. He lives in Las Vegas in six-bedroom house. You said it wasn't stupid. It wasn't a palatial mansion-type thing. I mean, I'm sure it's a very nice house, but a pretty standard six-bed house for a man with Mike Tyson's means. You know, it, it's funny because we think of him as one of the great spenders in sports history. I mean, here's a guy who made you know quarter of a quarter of a billion dollars fighting and and was broke. And some of this was you know Don Don King challenge. You know, I think Don King at one point was uh, charging him twelve thousand dollars a month for towel rental. So uh, some of this was obviously uh, being taken advantage of. Some of it was his own doing. But I think one of Mike Tyson's one part of his reputation is that he was this this great uh, profligate spender. And so it was interesting to see. I mean, he, he's living well. I mean, I think by, by any definition, this would be a nice house, but it's not a crazy mansion. He has mm. neighbors. He doesn't have a, a gate in front of the door. And um, that, that was just kind of one aspect of this that made it interesting. Yeah. He's Mr. Suburban Dad now. That was what you found. Yeah, exactly. He, he has two children, and he um, he's basically, uh, exactly, the suburban dad. He wears dad jeans. He takes his kids from tutoring to you know their tennis lessons and he still works he does these these one-man shows but but clearly being being a dad and just kind of being uh being there to to help his kids is really a big part of his life yeah the one-man show you mentioned there that's undisputed truth which was a was basically like a it's kind of a ted talk meets a confessional is how you describe it so that's his las vegas show i think he's doing that is he doing that four nights a week 
You know, he he's taking he was doing it on, in Vegas. Um, sometimes he was doing double sessions, and now he's taking it on the road. He had yeah. just gotten back from from South America, and I think he's he's going back to Southeast Asia. And I, I think it's interesting that you know some of this is you're you're an international fighter, you become an international celebrity. But I think a lot of these themes that he talks about. Um, you know the rise and fall and death and I mean he's he's very I don't know if you've seen this show or or seen I mean you can see clips of it on YouTube. This is not public relations. I mean this this is pretty harsh self assessment and he at some points clearly doesn't like himself. I mean it's, it's brutally honest stuff mm. and. Um, I think that really resonates. I mean, I think there are a lot of themes there that sort of uh, go beyond boxing and go beyond celebrity and, and go beyond culture, clearly, too. Mm. So, no, I haven't seen the show, actually. So I presume you have. I, you know, it, it's funny. We were trying to arrange a live performance. I, I saw video clips of it, right. and I saw the, the video of it. And it's it's not um, a traditional show in the sense that there's a script, and you, you, you see two shows, and they can be a little bit different. Some of it is ad-libbed. But it's brutal. I mean, this this is not uh, an image whitewashing. This is everything from his incarceration to his being taken advantage of to some things he's done that he's not proud of. I mean, it's it's raw. It's all it's all out there. Yeah. What kind of things is he not proud of, John? When he talks about those things in the show, you, you know what I I think more than anything. I don't think he's proud of Mike Tyson, the fighter. I mean, when when we talked, we did this interview. We were spent a few hours at his house. He was very gracious with his time. And if you wanted to talk about current events or the Olympics or Donald Trump, I mean, you name your topic, and he was great, except he wanted nothing to do with boxing. He doesn't follow the sport anymore. He wasn't particularly interested in, in reliving fights. He didn't really want to talk very much. I mean, he, he wanted to talk about his, his upbringing and how, as a teenager, leaving New York City and going up to upstate New York to, to train in the in sort of this rural environment, that was fine with. But his professional fighting career is of no interest to him, and he doesn't really follow the sport today. And I think that one thing I took away was that all of his bad memories somehow or other were, were related to boxing, whether it was the the end when he was losing fights that he never should have taken, or whether it was the, the physical pain he inflicted on someone else, or whether it was some of the criminal activity. Basically, every bad memory he has came by way of boxing, mm. and it struck me that he was very outgoing. He's, he was great company. He's funny. He's honest. But he didn't want to talk about boxing at all, mm. whether it was today or whether it was uh, you know rehashing when, when you beat up Michael Spinks in 1989. That was of no interest to him. And that to me was was really interesting. He, you you feel like he's he's sort of moved on. That was another point in my life. And if I never have to sign another boxing glove, or if if another person never calls me champ again, that's fine with me. Going to interview Mike Tyson is difficult on a host of levels. I would suspect, like one of the first things, if I was going to do it, I would think to myself is, do I ask him about the rape conviction and what reaction does that provoke on his part? And straight away. You know, to this day, he denies raping Desiree Washington. And so where do you go? Where does that fit into his life? And But it's also it's also so wrapped up in our memories of him, our perception of him. It's probably why a lot of people stopped liking him. What was your thought on that, John, when you sat down with him? You know, it's funny because I, I didn't have, I mean, I'd never really, I'd been in press conferences, but I'd never interviewed him one-on-one before. Right. 
Yeah, especially you, you spend any time in combat sports, whether it's boxing or whether it's mixed martial arts, and you know that punctuality is not exactly a uh, you know a, a core strength most of the time. And yet, you know, whatever it was at noon or one o'clock, whenever it was, we showed up and he was there and he opened the door. Um, so I, I didn't. There were no ground rules going in or anything like that. I mean, I right. felt like that the the Desiree Rock Washington. I mean, first of all, it was more than 20 years ago, but also that that he covered that so well in this one-man show. So I didn't feel like it was off-bounds, and we sort of danced around it in some of the troubles in the 90s, and there was sort of a, a code. Um, but I but I felt like he sort of talked about it without talking about it and was mm. has been so direct in in this one-man show again that I, that I felt like it wasn't something I absolutely needed to... Uh, to rehash, but again, I, th- I think that there we already fought. There was this real rawness to him, right? He walked in there and he had on the black shorts, black socks. There was no fancy robe. Mm. There was no sort of ring dance. There was no theatrics. Wasn't who, who was the British? Uh, remember Prince Nassim Hamed? Yeah. So this was the opposite. I mean, this guy just walked in, did his thing, like punched the guy and left. There was yeah. no theatrics. And and the same thing is true now. I mean, I, I get the feeling sort of you ask him a question, you get an answer. Not once in our three hours together did he say no comment or I'd rather not go there. I mean, I think it's just what you see is what you mm-hmm. get with this guy. But again, a lot of the stuff was in this one-man show, so I felt like, you know, he he talked about that in other ways. Yeah. Is there any sense of a guy with the temper there these days? Zero. I mean, absolutely zero. And, and you know, I, I know that sounds naive. And uh, you know, three, three hours, we we can all camouflage some of our less attractive traits. Yeah, You're, everybody's going to be um, nice. Everybody's going to be nice to the Sports Illustrated journal, a journalist for uh, for three hours, I guess. Yeah. Well, and there, there's a camera running, and yeah. you know, so three hours, we we can all conceal all sorts of things. But um, I thought zero. I mean, just I, I get the feeling this is a guy who's happy where he is. He's sort of done that. And now he's in a much different phase of his life. And whether it was, I mean, again, he couldn't have been a more gracious host. There was no sense of like, all right, I'm done. Time to get out of my house. You get the feeling we we could have spent the night there and he would have been happy with it. And I saw him around his his kids and his father-in-law walked in. And I, so people had prepared me. They said, look, this is not the guy you, you think you're uh, – you think you're getting, and right. it's funny. He, um, we, we talked. To, I'm a tennis guy. We talked a lot about tennis, and he ended up coming to uh, the U.S. Open about a, about a week later. I said, "Oh, you got to come to the U.S. Open to the tennis." Yeah, maybe I'll do that. And sure enough, he shows up at the uh, the U.S. Open tennis in New York. I, I think he's at a point in his life where he's never thought he'd live to age fifty. For one. Mm. And he's had his anger. He's had his. Uh, you know, he, he's had his rough years, and now. This is a completely new phase, and if he never had to be introduced as former heavyweight champ again, that would be fine with him. I mean, you see, so, so many athletes are living in this, you know, they're still sort of uh, dining out on their achievements from their sports career. You get the feeling this is the complete opposite, and if you never mention the word boxing to him again, he'd be perfectly happy. Yeah, it's just as you're talking there, it's basically the opposite of the Michael Jordan at 50 piece in ESPN. Jordan like still struggles, like still talks about how he's still at fighting weight and would love to go back there and do it. And, you know, he's disparaging of LeBron James and, you know, really not engulfed by bitterness, but certainly would be more than happy to be back in the midst of it all and and just is still very much a basketballer. That is still his identity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get the feeling that Jordan, you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember the the Hall of Fame speech Mm. where uh, about five years ago, same thing where you got the feeling this is a guy who never figured out a way to replicate the competition, 
and the surge of energy and never mind his own identity. This is a guy who's got 50 years and he knows he's never going to be able to replicate what he once had. Hmm. And in the case of Tyson, I think it's it's the exact opposite. He's replicated this by, you know, he's not necessarily competitive, but he's replicated this by touring and these one-man shows and travel and acting. Yeah, so the kids are good at tennis and he's a big tennis parent. I mean, he had that line, I guess, to, to kind of conclude here, John, which sums up his life now. He said, I'm used to being a bachelor. Even when I was married before, I would have had a house here. There'd be a house in D.C. or New York. The fact that I have a family base, my father-in-law comes in, my kids run up and down. This is their playroom. They come into me in my wife's room. This is my life now. That kind of is the deal for Tyson at 50, which I guess ultimately is a pretty good thing. Like, as you said, he didn't expect to be alive. I often wondered where Tyson would be at 50. I didn't quite see this suburban dad in his big New Balance shoes. He had a great line. I mean, I honestly, I don't even remember if this got in the piece. But at one point he said, this guy, and he's looking at the fighter, he said, this guy could never have the life that I have now. He was too selfish. He was too self-absorbed. There was too much money sloshing around. I think he likes where he is now, and he realizes that the person he was, even when he was at the peak of his powers as a fighter, mm. that person was completely ill-suited to, to live the life he has now, and uh, and he's happier now. Okay, John, really interesting stuff. People can check out your interview with Tyson at the uh, Sports Illustrated website. John Weirtime, thanks a million. Thank you, anytime. Off the Ball with BetDAC.com, the sports betting exchange. Serious about sports 24-7. Every season, every sport, every team.